Warning, this podcast features adult subject matter, adult language, and things not meant for children to hear. Viewer discretion is advised. You've been warned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the next episode of I'm No Joe, the podcast where every armchair quarterback can feel like an Eddie Bravo. And today, as with most days, I have got a glorious roundtable panel of shenaniganry ready to go here. So we will take it around real quick, do a couple of little intros, and then dive right into the meat of it. So we'll start it off right away. The one, the only, the young gunner, the upcomer, the stunner. RJ, how you doing, brother? Feel good, man. You know, another Thursday. Gotta get this shit going, dude. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So down the panel along from him, we've got the man from the city of brotherly love, the uh, cousin to Ned, Mr. Nick Devine. What's up, what's up? Thanks for having me. Can't wait to get to talking. Uh, let's do it. Hell yeah, thank you for coming, sir. And then along the panel ways down from my neck of the woods, my one and only homeboy from the state of misery, Alan, how you doing, brother? <laughs> oh, it froze on me. Uh -oh. What's up, everybody? Good to be back. <laughs> and then the man that rounds out the panel, my packing homeboy, the man from Green Bay. How you doing, Galti? Let's talk some shit. I'm ready. Fucking Hell it's good yeah. day. Crack skulls. Hell yes. So we will kick it off the way that we usually do here. We have got a couple of recent news and events that I'm going to run down real quick because the average person might not have caught that piece of news, and I feel that it is worth noting for the regular viewers. So first off, out the gate, Mr. Ponzanibio has gone out and decided that he's going to call out Tyron Woodley now that he's fallen from grace. He thinks that this is his time, that he's going to step in and he's going to mop up Tyron and he's going to start the decline of the former champion. And I'm not going to say Ponzinibbio doesn't stand a fucking chance, but I think that this is a very well-chosen time to call out Woodley and try and make yourself look good. So I'm not saying he can't do it, but I'm saying this might not be the best time to try and look like a tough guy against a guy who – people can pretty much tell held back in his last fight and got his ass kicked for it. He's probably not going to do that again and definitely not against a guy that's still lower ranked like Ponzinibbio. So, eesh, but, you know, it's out there. It's in the ethernet now, so we'll see what becomes of that. Next thing down the line here, uh, the gentleman who, I guess technically you have to say, introduced Floyd Mayweather to uh, the – other side of the MMA slash boxing world, uh, Mr. Tenshin Nakasawa, Nakasawa, Tenshin, had a, uh, another fight over last weekend and made himself right back into the highlight reel of MMA that he was before the whole Floyd Mayweather shenanigan by uh, taking a very karate kid-esque stance in the middle of the ring and then performing a successful cartwheel kick knockout on his fucking opponent that looked like a move from a video game. So despite whatever shenanigans and fuckery was afoot with that whole Floyd Mayweather anime flop nonsense, the kid's still fucking legitimate in the MMA world as far as I can tell. And it's going to be interesting to see where he goes and how he puts this whole Floyd Mayweather shit behind him. So good on you, but 
let's see if it continues or if he goes back to some flip-flop and fuckery soon. Hopefully he keeps it on the straight and narrow. The next thing here, um, a couple of us were talking about it during the match, and it seemed, at least to some of us, that right away from the start of the bell that Mickey Gall did not look like himself in the octagon against Diego Sanchez. Not that Diego Sanchez is completely, you know, incapable of putting on a show like that, but I think in a, in a perfect world with a good camp for both of them, the fight does not happen anyway close to how that one ended. And now we know for a fact that there was, in fact, something going on. Uh, Mickey Gall actually had kidney failure during the entire fight week and right up to the day before the fight, shortly after Wayne's apparently, uh, Mickey Gall had basically cut himself too fucking low and burnt himself out too hard before that fight. And that's not a good sign at all. It, I'm not sure if that's uh, an indication here that maybe it's time for Mickey to finally fucking move up to the next class. Maybe Mickey is just cutting too much too often. Maybe it's time for him to move up on the other side of that. And maybe he didn't stick to his fucking diet the way he was supposed to. And he had to rush some fucking weight at the end. We've seen it time and time again in plenty of guys. You cut too much too quick at the end, trying to hurry your cut down to the last minute. And it has bad effects on your body. And it looks like this might've been one of those cases where he tried to just do too much too quick and it bit him in the ass. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that kid and see where he goes from here because still, he's as, as much as he's been talked about, he's still relatively green in the world of the UFC. So he's still got a chance to try and you know get his shit together and line it back out or realize real quick that this ain't the division for him and he's got to move the fuck up and then we shouldn't have issues like this. Fingers crossed he does whatever is best for his health, not for his fight. So the next thing we're going to move along to here is one of the uh, big announcements that came out since the last show we have done. Uh, it has officially been announced that Valentina Shevchenko will put on her defense of the 125 pound, excuse me, 125 pound women's title against one Jessica Evil Eye, as well as the strawweight champion Thug Rose Namajunas defending her 115-pound belt against one Jessica Andrade. Holy shit. That is a pair of very, very potentially firework performance fights from the ladies' side of the MMA world. Both of those belts on the line against a, a capable contender, but, uh, man, I don't know. It's, it's a little early to say on either one of those until we see get a little closer to fight week and see how they're actually looking, get ready to get into the cage. But either way, holy shit, the lady side of MMA is lighting right back up. Now, talking back on the men's side of the MMA world, there's a little bit of a ugh, cringy kind of moment going around. Uh, in an interview during this week, Alexander Gustafson said in talking, referencing his uh, upcoming fight against Anthony Lionheart Smith, that if Smith beats him, or if Smith beats me, maybe I just don't have it, what it takes anymore, and maybe it's time I hang him up. And if you're talking about two guys who both just one after the other got the shit beat out of them by John Jones in sufficiently effective fashion, 
now they're fighting each other. And one says right away that if he loses this, maybe he's going to hang him up. You already got to think that that's a lot of doubt, a lot of retirement thoughts in the back of somebody like Gustafson's head coming in against Smith, who for all intents and purposes is still fairly new in UFC, but tore his way up to the top. So it's like, I don't know, man, that's that fight has a whole different set of potential consequences that we'll talk about when we get a little closer to that one. But, just you got to be aware that there's some doubt, some serious mental doubt floating around with Gus, and that's that's kind of scary to see. But that brings us to something where there is absolutely no fucking doubt. We're talking about last weekend, Nico Price versus Tim the Dirty Bird meme. <laughs> Holy shit, was that a fight? And I said to my wife when that one kicked off, this is my potential fight of the night right here. This is the reason that I am glued to this card. There was plenty of good fights, but that was the one that I had a feeling from the fucking jump when they announced it. That was going to be the fucking barn burner of the evening, and holy shit was it ever. The come-from-behind fucking knockout by Nico Price as Tim Means was putting work on him. He was eating some serious fucking shots. And then out of nowhere with that, perfect fucking shot that just shut means his lights off oh my god the crowd went wild i went fucking wild it was a great fucking fight those those boys i'll never get tired of watching either one of those gentlemen fight they both always put on a fucking hell of a performance real quick that they didn't get fight of the night um nico got performance nico got performance no no that's what i I had thought yeah, that's what I think it should have been the other way around. I think um, yep. uh, Witch McCall should have got performance in the main event, and right. he they should have got fight of the night because that was an awesome fight. Really I agree. Good. I agree. No, no, that was – I had originally picked that. In my opinion, that was going to be the fight of the night. That's not what Dana fucking yeah. saw, but yeah. – yeah, uh, I was driving to my sister-in-law's house and had my phone mounted uh, in the car and we're watching it on, on the drive there and, I, and Means rocks him and I, I yell like, oh shit, it's over, it's going to be over. And my wife looks over and then she's Nico Price knocking out Means and I was like, oh shit, uh, good timing of what I said but not <laughs> what I meant. Like, right, wrong way. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, was a, that was a great fight. So, moving on from there, talking about JDS versus Derek Lewis. That fight, that fight was fuckery from the start to the finish. The weird calls, the the fucking keep working guys when they were clearly working, the fucking potential eye pokes, the fucking potential dick kicks, just that fight was full of fuckery from start to finish. I, I don't know if Derek Lewis just isn't as good as he appeared to be and lucked himself up to the top or JDS really was that fucking good that he can come back still clearly not at a hundred percent, but enough to beat the shit out of Lewis. But man, I, I felt a little bit, honestly, I felt a little cheated as a fan for that to be the fucking main event. That seemed very much more like a co-main event or like a fucking, a card opening fight than it was a fucking main event to me. Yeah. I think um, even seeing before the fights, Derek Lewis just doesn't want to fight no more. He just don't want to fight no more. Yeah, he seems it like he's done. Injuries. Yeah, he might have made enough money or he's making money somewhere else. 
but he even before the fight, he was saying, like the reporters were asking, you know, you just kind of look kind of lack of like you just don't look happy to be here. Do you enjoy fighting? He said, "What does it look like?" He said, it looks like you're not enjoying it. He's like, "Well, <laughs> like, yeah. well, it's time for him to." That he had to renegotiate his contract because they put him into a fight. He didn't want to fight too soon, and he said, "You know what? Maybe we have to renegotiate the contract." So I wonder if he got less fights now, and he's on his way out. My big issue with the self-proclaimed knockout king is uh, his conditioning, and not just stamina, body conditioning. You know, uh, that was a big hit he took to the body. You know, there's no doubt that that, that yeah. didn't hurt. But look at Mark, Mark Hunt's my example. You know, another guy that doesn't look like he's in great physical shape, but is, you know, you don't got to be all shredded to fucking be a badass, you know, or to, to be in good shape. Uh, he, he's like, yes, you can knock people out. Cool. You know, your, your, MMs, your, your, your strength and power is 100% great. But his skills are not. You know, his skills are like king of the cage champion yeah. skills. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I very much agree. I think in a smaller promotion, Derek Lewis would absolutely be a fucking star that would wreck everybody's fucking world. But then you throw him into the UFC with the best of the best that are cut into 265, most of them. And Derek Lewis is turning into a fucking guppy in a shark tank all of a sudden. And it's starting to shine through that most of, I'm not going to say all of his fucking fights were bullshit because he's got some legitimate, holy shit moments against some legitimate contenders. But he's another one of those that I'll compare to like a Khabib. If you actually take a fucking magnifying glass to that asshole's record, a lot of the fucking fights that got him to his 27 and 0 were fucking bullshit where he was literally thrown cannon fodder so that he could meet grinder his fucking record up a little higher. And if you look at Derek Lewis's original record, when he first started out, there's a lot of that starting to show in his early fights as well. Well, another problem is, is he, in my opinion, he's not a true mixed martial artist. You know, he's a, uh, Tank Abbott brawler. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, not to say that they don't have their place, but the UFC ain't it. Like, you can't be a fucking one-trick pony anymore. Like, it's the time for being good at one thing is about fucking done now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love the Black Beast. He's funny. Uh, he's he's extremely Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. He's entertain. He's a very entertaining person. Oh yeah, the front row had people wearing my balls was hot T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> like you gotta love and, the guy. Uh, Fuck. You gotta. He has to. He needs to change training camps, and and put himself through the ringer if he really wants to do this. Right. He needs to have a training camp. <laughs> yeah. No shit. No shit. <laughs> gotta have one first. Yeah. <laughs> If you guys go back and look, there was an interview he did, oh, I want to say it was two or three fights ago. It was, I think it was prior to the DC fight. Mm-hmm. He even said, I don't like to train. I do this for money. He said, I don't like to fight. He says, this is all about taking care of my family. He doesn't Which I can, fuck. He I can respect honestly it. doesn't yeah. care. There's a reason why he's not putting in a full training camp. He's not trying to get into American top, top team, Black Zillions, anywhere he doesn't give a shit. He's there to brawl because that's what he is. He's a fucking brawler. 
when you said Tank Abbott asked, it took the words out of my mouth before I even had a chance to say them. I kept my mouth shut. But no, he doesn't care. He doesn't want, he's not fighting because he wants to be a champion. He even said prior to the DC fight, they asked him about it. No, I want more time because if I'm going to take that fight to try to get the belt, I want to be able to have the stamina to go five rounds. No. They threw that motherfucker into the shark tank and just let him get chewed up and spit that, up. That was eight weeks after he said he didn't want to do the fight. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They fucked him six ways to Sunday, but you know what? Money talks, bullshit walks. He took that fucking money. That's what happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I, wouldn't turn down a couple, I wouldn't turn down a couple million dollars to lose. Yeah, and oh. I think that's basically what it was. UFC pulled a fucking dump truck up to his house and emptied a fucking pile of $100 bills on his front lawn, and he's like, fine, I'll take the fight. Yeah. So I, I don't think that it's that he can't do it. He definitely can, but he's not going to be an all-around mixed martial artist. He, right. The striking, what fucking... Um, some of the fucking Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys are in the sport, or some of the wrestlers, where they're pretty much one-trick ponies. I mean... Look at um, the newest Gracie that it just got a first um, win. Although he can throw oh, hands because we saw it. But he's still a one-trick pony. Went straight to his fucking jiu-jitsu. And I can't blame him. Um, that's his lineage, though. That's, that's... Yep, same concept with fucking Ben Askren's right now. I like Ben Askren's. Contrary to what a lot of other people think, he's still just a one-trick pony. He's a wrestler. And he knows it. He even tells you, I'm going to go in there and wrestle him down. Then I'm gonna pound on him, and then I'm gonna choke him. Yeah, it's, he's a grinder. Yeah, he grinds. It, it's same thing. There's plenty of one-trick ponies out there. It's just who can pull that one trick off the best. But being a one-trick brawler, that doesn't work in this sport because people will take you down. I mean, you saw you saw it happen with a lot of fights where that if all you can do is stand and bang, you're fucked. Look what Stipe did doing Ganu. Yeah, Engano was terrifying. We saw Engano put Overeem into another fucking dimension, and then he stepped in there against Stipe, and Stipe was like, "Nah, bitch, we're not fucking standing here. Get the fuck out of here. Let's go to the ground. Let's go to the fence. Let's go over here. Let's. Oh wait, are we gonna box? No, we're not. We're going back to the ground. Like Stipe worked that motherfucker because he knew all he can do is stand and fucking square with you. He got no wrestling. He got no fucking jujitsu. He got no pressure. And Stipe showed that. Like you can't be a fucking one shot brawler anymore these days. Yep. And like I'm saying, for, for Derek Lewis here, the old black beast, he don't give a shit enough to train. Mm-mm. He, he'll put in a little bit of work just so that way he has enough stamina to get through the first, maybe the second round. Like that last fucking knockout he got in the third round. Oh, he was done. He was done. He was fucking done. That's why they always say everyone still has a puncher's chance, especially when you're that guy who has single shot knockout ability. Right. Uh, it, it, it's just a matter of if he doesn't give a fuck. It's a paycheck to feed his family, keep a roof over his head. Cause he, he's a family man. Contrary to all the shit he talks, he's a fucking family man. Yeah. Well, my big thing is, is like, and this is to all like elite martial artists or to like up and coming elite guys. You see like the real people that the real champions, they're not in a gym where they're the top dog. They leave and go to where they're, the medium guy, the middle guy, and are training with people who are better than them, or they bring in people who are better than you are to make yourself better. Yep. And that, that's that, it's stuff like that that you have to do if you want to be the best, you know? As cliche as that sounds, 
Like you, you can't be the top dog in your gym and expect to get better. Right. Very true. Like even with John Jones, like I know that the Jackson gym in New Mexico is like fucking everybody goes there or wants to go there or whatever. But like John Jones trains with the best in each division. You know what I mean? Right. It didn't go so well for old Mike Perry, but that's a different story. <laughs> okay. 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 So from there, the next one I'm going to give a quick little nod to was the Ivanov versus Ben Rothwell fight. That was weird, man. That that's another one that just unfolded real fucking weird. Like there was a nut shot and then he told him that he could kick him back in the balls and make it even like, that's not how real fighting works. Like the whole fight, like the timing of both of them were just weirdly off. It's, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't what you'd expect two big dudes to fucking be two big dudes who are known for standing and banging. It, It wasn't that it was odd. That being said, Rothwell did not look bad for being off for almost no. three years. Yeah, no, he very much did not. He looked – I'm not going to say he looked like the old Ben Rothwell, but he looked a lot better than you'd think a guy who had had that much fucking time off would look. You know what? To be honest, I thought he won that fucking fight. I thought he got I did two. too. I did too. Because he, he pushed the pace, and he would, he didn't look as good as he used to, but he was still doing the same things he used to. Yeah, he was, he was out there pressuring. pawing at hands, pressuring, and just throwing those fucking nasty haymakers that he throws. Yeah, he definitely was. Well, I, you gotta I think agree. this guy for the last three years, he he owns his own gym up in uh, it's it's Wisconsin, right? Yep. Right. So this dude is spending countless hours teaching people to defend themselves or jujitsu or uh, I'm not really sure exactly all he does as a trainer or coach there. But I'm sure he's got hands-on in every part of that gym and then still finds time for himself to train and fight. And uh, it's a testament to the opposite of Derek Lewis that we were just talking about to a guy who truly loves what fighting is. You know what right. I mean? Absolutely. They don't call that guy the Kenosha killer for nothing. No shit. That man's dangerous. He's always fucking dangerous. But – I, I hope Rothwell gets back on track because I've always oh, been a fan of his and I would love to see him get back to where he was and start putting that fucking steam behind him again. And make that creepy-ass face he does. Like the... Uh, yeah, <laughs> fucking weird flex look that he does. Yeah. But from there, there are three more fights that have been announced that I want to give a quick little nod to that uh, might have slid a little bit under the radar. So the first one I want to talk about real quick is Ray Borg is going to be fighting the first official UFC appearance for Kyler Phillips. Now, Kyler Phillips just came off of one of the most recent seasons of Ultimate Fighter. He didn't win, but he showed a hell of a lot of skill and a hell of a lot of promise in that. And now they're going to go ahead and bring him on up. And we haven't seen Ray Borg in the octagon since DJ put that fucking ridiculous cartoon video game flying armbar on his ass. So this is going to be an interesting little matchup to see how Ray Borg can come back from that. Because 
to his credit, the reason he we haven't seen him since DJ fucking video gamed his ass was because he was on the bus that Connor threw the fucking dolly at and actually caught glass in his eye that he had to have removed and was out because of it. So to his credit, it's not entirely his fault that we haven't seen him since then, but on the same page, we haven't seen him since then. So how do you come back from having that be the last thing that people remember you for aside from the fucking glass in the eye from the bus incident? And on the other side of that, we've got Kyler Phillips, who people aren't really going to have a whole lot of knowledge about because he is a relatively new guy, both in the MMA world, and this is literally his introduction, his debut in the UFC. But this kid is fucking quick, he's agile as shit, and he's got a lot of fucking techniques. So I think it's going to be an interesting matchup here because he's not Mighty Mouse by any stretch of the imagination, but he's, his style is very similar to DJ's. And it'll be interesting to see how Ray can compensate for that now that he's had a little time underneath it. I mean, that, that's a big fight coming out of the gate. Fuck yes, it is. That's not an easy debut for anybody. That being a debut, like you gotta, you gotta think about it. You gotta, you gotta step up being a debut fight coming in. You gotta put, you gotta put everything into it. You gotta kill yourself in your debut fight. So that's gonna be, that's gonna be extremely interesting to see. Yeah, he went from the kiddie pool to the fucking high dive in just one step there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He went from one spotlight in the fucking tough gym to all the spotlights in a fucking real event. It's one thing to to debut against somebody else who's had one or two fights, you know, but granted the title shot that Borg had – was what like a year and a year and a half ago? Yeah, a year and a right? half ago. You're fighting your first fight in the UFC against a title challenger. Yeah, against a guy who's coming off of a title challenge. Right. And if he was to win the fight, which uh, again I'm not real familiar with him, that's a huge statement for that division. Hell yeah, it is. So then that one brings us to the next fight that I want to mention here that I know a lot of the average fighters who aren't really as balls deep in the MMA world as some of us are probably haven't even heard about because it's really stayed pretty low under the radar right now. But Joe Schilling is making his de- – or not debut, excuse me, his return to full MMA from kickboxing against Keith Berry. Holy fucking shit. This one gave me goosebumps when I saw the fucking poster for it. If you have not seen Joe Schilling's work, go back, pause the fucking video right now, go on fucking YouTube and search Joe Schilling highlights. That man will make you cringe the way he crumples fucking opponents from every angle, from spinning shots to kicks to punches to flying fucking knees. The man has got it all. He's a fucking Muay Thai nightmare for anyone in that fucking world. He's a kickboxing nightmare for anybody who steps in a fucking squared circle. And now he's coming back to MMA to fuck up the octagon again because he just couldn't make enough money kickboxing dudes' faces off. So... He's coming back to the MMA world, and Bellator is just going to let him have free fucking reign. And Keith Berry is going to be the next man to step in across from him. And holy shit, Keith Berry ain't no fucking slouch either. But Joe Schilling is one of the most dangerous fucking overall MMA fighters I've ever seen in my fucking life. And I can't wait to see him and Keith Berry step in there and lock the fucking door together. That's going to be fucking fireworks 
all over the fucking place if ever there was some. So the last fight I want to mention real quick here, it's, it's almost two fights in one because it was originally set to be Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa. Then without any fucking information about it, without any justification or any discussion of it, the fight was immediately changed during this last week to Yoel Romero versus Jacare Sosa 2, the rematch. The only information that has come out from any of the outlets in regards to what the fuck might be going on here was uh, Wednesday, Yoel Romero did an interview, and he said in that interview that the reason the fight got changed is because Paulo pissed hot for USADA, that the UFC representatives called him and his manager with USADA on the line and said that he had uh, tested positive, that he was getting pulled out and asked him if Jacare would be an acceptable opponent to replace him, and he said yes, he'd be happy to fight Jacare the second time. Costa has come out and officially said, or excuse me, not Costa, Costa's manager came out and said that this isn't true, that that's not what happened, that he hasn't tested positive for anything. But there's been an awful lot of silence on all other parties involved here for something that seems like a lot of people have been rumoring that Costa's been on the sauce for a minute anyway here. So I don't know. On one hand, it seems like it's a legitimate possibility that a juicer got caught juicing. But on the other hand, you got a guy like Romero who has been under suspicion of some Mexican supplements for a couple of fucking years now. So it also seems a little bit like the pot calling the kettle black as well. And it's like, I mean, at this point, at this point, all we can really bank on is that we're going to see Romero versus Sosa too, unless something happens before then. But that's definitely something that you're going to want to keep an eye out on because especially with all the shit that's happened with John Jones and USADA lately and all the changes they're claiming to be making, this could be something that could bring in that whole we don't confirm positives up front anymore thing and start to be part of the change in how they do it. But it also could be a silent confirmation of a fucking steroid confirmation without realizing it. So it's an interesting fight that's come out because of it, but it's also could be an interesting situation that caused it as well. So now the last little bit of news and recent events that I, I do want to talk about, because you can't turn on a fucking TV or a news station this week without seeing it. No matter if you're looking on a fucking sports section, or if you're looking on fucking NBC news, where I saw it earlier today being discussed, Connor fucking McGregor. I love the dude, and I fucking hate the dude at the same goddamn time. Now, to his credit, it was 5 o'clock in the fucking morning, and he was minding his own goddamn business walking out of a nightclub. On the other hand, some asshole with a cell phone came up and tried to play fucking paparazzi and snap pictures of him. Connor wasn't having it, knocked the phone down, stomped on it, and then wasn't good enough with that, took the phone and fucking walked off, and proceeded to get arrested. They originally arrested him on two felony counts, but have since lowered it. It doesn't look like he's going to be facing two felonies anymore. But still, we had the entire news cycle this week interrupted with Conor McGregor news talking about him getting into another fucking scuffle outside of the octagon. Now, on one hand, I get it. He's had more than his fair share of assholes with cameras climbing in his fucking face when he's just trying to do his thing. And everybody deserves some fucking relaxation time. I get it. 
but on the other side of that fucking coin, you are Connor fucking McGregor. And anywhere you fucking go and anything you are doing where any other person has access to you, they're going to want to take your fucking picture. And you have to understand that. That's the world we live in. It's 2019. You're literally the most popular fucking sports fighter in the world. People will want to take your fucking picture. <sighs> now, it's said that he had like seven bodyguards around him. What I don't understand is why he didn't just let the fucking bodyguards handle this situation. That's literally what you fucking pay them for. On the other hand, it's Conor fucking McGregor, so I get it. But God damn it. <laughs> That's his personality, man. It, it, it's how look at where look at how he came up look at where he started at and where he is now uh, this this goes into the whole you can take somebody out of the ghetto but you can't take the ghetto out of them it doesn't work that way right um like even my stepdad for example grew up in a really shitty part of um fucking milwaukee so he's got a little hood rat in him and we took he's out of there but you can still tell he still has that same ad type attitude because of where he grew up it's the same concept connor he grew up in a fucking shitty ghetto neighborhood so he had that ghetto mentality yeah and that's what it is towards section eight housing those types of things where you have a certain set mentality, and now that you're out of there, that mentality doesn't go away. It, but you know what? On the same, on the other side of that coin, you're smart enough to be a fucking businessman, be set for the rest of your life already, because of the deals you've made once you got to the top. Don't be fucking retarded. Yeah, it's it's like everybody said. Uh, he's got all this money; he doesn't need to play anymore. Yeah, keep watching because if stuff like that keeps happening, he's gonna start needing money again. Because all them lawsuits, all that, all that shit, all them lawyers, all that shit adds up, and he's gonna need the money again soon. So, if he keeps doing it like that, he is gonna have to fight again. Yep. Dude, just just deal with the pictures, man. I get it. You want the privacy, but fuck, you know what kind of spotlight you're in. It's not like that shit came out of left field. You've been exactly. here for how many years now at the fucking top of everybody's icon list? Who do I want to get a picture of? I'm not going to lie. I'm that fucking guy. I'm close, Connor. I'm trying to take a picture. You knock oh, yeah. my phone out of my hand. I'm probably going to swing at you, and then I'm going to get knocked out, which will be all right, because at least then I will have a good lawsuit. Exactly. No, and that's the, the, the evil Sorry. ironic part about it is that he ended up in this whole fucking situation because someone was trying to take a picture of him when he didn't want his fucking picture taken. And then he gets arrested. What do you think happened? Did, when you look at the fucking video, what do you think happened when they took him out of the fucking jail when he bailed out? 83 fucking people crawling all over each other like fucking piranhas snapping fucking pictures of him. You got yourself in trouble for a thing you didn't want to happen, and then it made that thing happen, and you couldn't fucking stop it anymore. Like, come on, dude. You want privacy? Fucking go to the, the islands or something, or, or Europe, and where it's not America. Like, the paparazzi aren't so fucking vicious. And yeah, not a, night, not a nightclub in Miami at 5 a.m. Yep. <clears throat> Take your ass to some fucking 
private island where you're by your lonesome and you can relax there. Right, go to Ibiza. And I mean, really, Ben, you also said 5 a.m. in Miami. That that's a True. that's a that's a that's a demon all on its own for <laughs> people trying to take pictures. That's true. That's a demon. I mean, it could be any big city. You know, it could have been Orlando, New York, Los Angeles, Vegas, Seattle. Right. You know, anywhere, right. any, anywhere like that. Where oh, Florida, especially, bars don't close to four or five in the morning. You know, yeah. and he was probably walking there out at five because of who he is. You know, that place stops serving alcohol and shuts down at four. Right. It's, it's 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 a smart man making poor life choices. Right. To the dumb fuck who said he assaulted him and caused all this kerfuffle, you sir can go fuck yourself with a big black dildo because he didn't assault you. He slapped your phone out of your hand. He, oh yeah. If he wanted to assault you, you wouldn't have been talking to anybody. Well, and that fucking that same asshole whose fucking phone that he slapped out of his hand did a fucking car interview for TMZ Sports yesterday and said, and I quote, the reason I decided that I was going to go ahead and press charges against him was because I had pictures of my son on that phone that I didn't upload to the iCloud yet. Hmm. Are you fucking kidding me, you piece of shit weasel? Now because we're not going to see pictures? McGregor play for fucking six months because you're an asshole. Right? Act. This fucking moron a.m. in the morning outside of a club, you fucker. Right? Like, be fucking reasonable here. Yeah. Like, you're going to you press charges on that because you that, can't get your fucking pictures back? That brings up a good question. If you have a fucking kid, what the fuck are you doing at the club at five in the morning? <laughs> I'm just saying, look, don't get me wrong. Everyone's around me and the missus get to go out. We don't stay out till five in the goddamn morning, though. Why? Because we're responsible fucking parents who should be home with our kid when they wake up at 6 fucking 30. Was yeah. it, was it, Just crawling into bed. Was, was he, was it, was his lady, friend, wife, fiance, whatever she is, even in Miami? I don't think so. It was just him on a, he was doing a, uh, well, he's in the middle, was until this shit happened, of a fucking proper 12 tour because he, as soon as he got out, yesterday he had a fucking meeting with the Pennsylvania Alcohol Board. Like, he's in America doing a fucking proper 12 sales distribution tour himself right now. Right. Yeah, it's not like Connor had his fucking kid waiting for him in the fucking hotel room. He's here on fucking business and was out on a night after most likely talking to that fucking club about trying to get some proper 12 behind their fucking shelves. Yep. He was doing fucking business and mining his shit. And the one cocksucker with the kid who didn't know the right thing to do killed all that shit for him. Like, I mean, like, the best thing is, hey, Connor, can I take a picture of you real quick? Boom. The whole problem just got solved. Right, and nine times out of ten, you've seen the fucking videos. He loves taking pictures with fucking fans. Just say, Connor, can we get a picture real quick? Nine times out of ten, he'll be like, fuck yeah, and smile real big and make a goofy face for you. Yeah, and if he's not into it, he's going to say no, respect the man, and fucking call it a day. Respect him, give him a handshake, or, you know, have a good morning. All right, champ, thanks. Right? And then let it be done. Yeah. No, somebody's always got to fuck it up. Uh, he's, he's, it wasn't about the kids pictures on that fucking phone. It's because he had fucking photos of Connor on that phone that he can't get back now. Yep. Yeah, he can't sell the pictures that he took to fucking the, the Inquirer and shit now. 
Sorry, guys. My daughter turned the radio on. <laughs> You're all good. Well, I don't know how much you'd get for fucking his photos. Those things are a dime a dozen nowadays because there's so many of them floating out there. Right. No shit. But that will wrap up our news and recent events section of the episode today. So that will bring us to this weekend's focus, UFC Fight Night London. Till versus Masvidal in London's O2 Arena. This is another of the very interesting cards the UFC has been putting together lately. So I don't want to break down the whole card here because there are a whole bunch of fucking fights on this card this weekend. But there are four that I want to break down that I feel deserve mentioning because these four in particular, aside from the potentials of the others, I feel have the most eye-grabbing potential here because of the matchups and who they are. So the first one that I'm going to mention here is going to be on the prelims, and that is Mark DeKisi versus Joe Duffy. Holy shit. Anybody who's watched MMA for the last five or ten years has more than likely seen that bright red fucking mohawk on Mark DeKisi's head. He's got some fucking highlight reel shots in there, and you see that fucking red head both kicking ass and getting its fucking self bounced around about equal. But the dude is a fucking scrapper. The dude can take it, and he can dish it out. And then on the other side of the fucking octagon against him, you have got Joe fucking Duffy. Now, this man is a small tank. He has got steel fucking hands, and he's got a jaw made of granite. Granite, it's been tested a couple times pretty well, but who's hasn't at this point in the fucking game? But I think that the matchup between these two is absolutely interesting because their styles are both very similar in some aspects, but completely opposite in some of the more important ways where you're talking about striking and grappling and you talk about defensive fighting versus offensive aggression. I think this is going to be a great fight to watch, but I think this is going to be Joe Duffy's night. What do you guys think about this one? It depends on who gets the, who who applies their game plan and actually can make their opponent fight their fight. Because Joe Duffy's not going to come in there balls fucking blazing. You know, yeah, he's going to stand there and, and then open you up. You know, he's going to do combinations, et cetera, et cetera. And then like when you said they like when you mentioned they have opposite fighting styles that was the first thing that came to mind cuz uh i can't even how do you say his last name to casey to casey yeah right this this dude's what's the right word i'm looking for uh exotic keeps coming to mind but yeah uh, untraditional yeah yeah he's not traditional by any means and he's he's there to knock you out with a big shot or a flying knee or whatever but there have been giant flaws in his uh, abilities with being taken down or yep. uh, lots of holes. There's big gaps in his game. You know what I mean? And he, and he can be knocked out. You know, it's been shown. Oh, yeah, that red mohawk's bounced off the canvas a couple of times. But, I mean, it, it, my big thing is it's, it's, it's who follows through with their game plan and, and sticks to their guns. You know what I mean? That's that's what I think. Even though I didn't say who I think is going to win. But. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun play for sure. I would say Duffy as well. 
You know, I think it's going to end up being Duffy because he's more of a traditional style fighter where he's he goes in there and anytime you see him fight, he sticks to his game plan. He rarely fucking veers off course. Even if it means he's getting his ass kicked, he generally stays the course. Yeah. Kesey, though, on the other side of the house, uh, he's fuck. He's a loose, for lack of better terms, a loose cannon. That's you, a good, actually, a really good description of him. You don't know what he's going to end up doing, which that's great because it brings for exciting things to happen. You see a lot of one-off knockouts, shit like that. But on the other side of that, because he's so wild, it, it's hard for him to like to gain steam. There's a reason why. He's coming off loss. Joe Duffy's coming off loss as well, though. Yep. But it's that whole loose cannon mentality that he's got where I'm just going to go in there and fucking go buck wild that I think gets him into the most trouble. You, you're in there with the best of the best in the world, whether they're ranked or not. They don't get into the UFC's fucking fighter pool for no reason. Very true. And, 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 We've seen Joe Duffy go in there and fucking bang, take shots, and still win. Kesey, on the other hand, though, he's been shown where his job definitely is not granted. No, not nearly compared to Joe Duffy anyways. I'm going to go ahead and say just purely on the fight style on this one, tip of the hat would go to Joe Duffy on this one, purely on fight style and that whole being able to maintain his game plan. To caveat on that is, what is the case is going to do if, uh, not to say this will happen, but it's a possibility. What if he gives Duffy his best shot and Duffy's still standing there? You know right. how much his confidence is going to drop and be like, what am I going to do to beat this guy? And you get in your own head and you make yourself lose. You know what I mean? Even if the fight goes to decision, when it comes to, all right, cool, octagon aggression, I'm going to check the box already for Cassie or DeCasey, however you say his name. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's so many other variables when it comes to judges scoring that I think the other blocks get checked off in, in Duffy's. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I can't. I, go ahead, Darger. I can't, I can't say much that hasn't been said. <laughs> That's why you got to pop in when you got to interrupt somebody. <laughs> yeah. I can't say I can't say much that hasn't already been said. Better to ask for forgiveness than permission. <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, so from Life there lesson we, right there. Right. So from there we will move along to the main card itself. The first fight I want to talk about real quick on the main card here is Vulcan No Time Ozdemir versus Dominic Reyes. Holy shit, boys and girls, keep your fucking seat warm for this one because you're not going to be in it. You're going to be on your fucking toes. This is going to be a fucking bangers war. Vulcan is coming in to try and take his head off, and Dominic, who I did not realize until today, is actually bigger than Vulcan, is coming in to try and put Vulcan out in the first round. This is two large fellas coming in determined to put each other out in the fucking first. This is two dudes who both have the ability and the fucking strength to stand in the center of the octagon and swing till someone falls to fuck asleep. And that's what they both say that they're going to fucking do. 
this one could be a very, very short fight. That being said, I feel that Vulcan has the better overall striking chance because Reyes, like TJ was saying a minute ago, is a little bit more of a loose cannon when it comes to his striking. He tends to throw a lot more wider, a lot more wild swings, a lot more hooks, whereas Vulcan will come in and piece you up with that fucking jab, and then as soon as you start biting on the jab, he starts putting combos on the side of your fucking skull. I feel like Vulcan has got him here. I feel like Vulcan striking is better. His fight IQ, I feel, is a little better. I think Vulcan has a better chance to get out of the way of Reyes's punches, whereas Reyes is not going to be worried about trying to dodge as much from Vulcan. He's just going to come in and go super fucking aggro, I think. So I'm putting my check mark down for this one here in the corner of Vulcan. What do you guys think? My word of the day for me is caveat. All right. Caveat on that <laughs> is uh, I, I don't think I, I know Reyes can knock people out. You know, it's, Dude went, like, his first three fights and fought for, like, less than five minutes or something like that. If I'm, I, I could be mistaken, right? I don't think he has the experience uh, to beat him, you know, to beat uh, Vulcan. Like, I just – I don't see it playing out any way in my head besides a, a puncher's chance, you know, that he, he – I know you can knock somebody out, you know, cool. But that experience – even with uh, Vulcan coming off that Anthony Smith loss, you know, uh, that was a, that was a hard fight against a great opponent. You know, I, I lost track of what I was going to say, so I apologize, but <laughs> <laughs> my daughter came up and flashed a light at me. She's like, look, daddy. No, uh, I, I just don't, I don't see Reyes uh, being able to do it. There's, there's nothing in my mind. That's like, I mean, I know he can knock people out. And it, he could win that way, you know. So yes, that I keep I'm beating a dead horse. I apologize, but I just don't see anywhere else at all. I can't even fathom him winning anything. I would be totally like, if if so, if he pulled it off any other way. You know what I mean? In that case, let me borrow your word from you. One other caveat to that: <laughs> <laughs> um, there is something to be said for Dominic Reyes. And it's not Reyes himself, but it's the record. He does have a 10-0 record. And that going without a loss thing, that can do a lot for people's confidence going in there. So depending on how he plays off of that, it could be that he does luck out and get that puncher's chance. But I mean, instead of that, you have to write it. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have the octagon time, for one, because most of his fights have been finished quickly. And there's a reason for that. He can strike, but the other uh, – trying not to say the word caveat, but caveat comes to mind. God damn it. Now it's stuck. Fuck. <laughs> um, the other caveat to that is because he does swing those wild fucking wide haymakers, that's a good counterpunch for somebody who's coming over the top too. So he does fucking catch one of those outside wild over the tops on a fucking duck and a punch. If he slips one just right, that big overhand will be there. I mean, Ray, is, he's a long fighter. You know, he has – and he knows how to use his range. As soon as he – his fights, prior fights proven, he finds his range very quickly. And he uses it on, like, a lot of long fighters. He, you know what I mean? 
you know, you're right. The only sad part I see about this fight doesn't really matter who wins because they're still in John Jones's division. <laughs> yep. yep, that's true. Well, I mean, I mean, the only the only downside with 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 him throwing just just wild, just wide hooks is that cuts down a lot on your your just distance from a straight jab or a quick pop or this huge just hook, this wild swinging hooks. I mean, that that if you just get get jabs in, you can really set the distance, step in, and then get a combo left-right hook and actually put some more damage in than just swinging wild, just trying to trying to go for the kill. Well, well the funny thing... Oh, go ahead, Darjee. Sorry. Vulcan, uh, dude has some of the fastest fights I've ever seen. And with him saying, like, this is going to be first round done. But one year he had, like, a 26-second fight, or is that a 23-second fight and a 46-second fight. So if he says, like, oh, yeah, this is, the, the, this is done first round, within two minutes of the first round, this is over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe that. It, a testament to Reyes's power, though. Um, if you got shorter arms, your stronger punches are the hooks, you know. And usually, longer arm fighters, their stronger punches are straights, you know. So when you got a guy yeah. who's long, throwing wild hooks and knocking people out, it just, it's he's got, he's whether you believe or not, in in the word I'm about to use, he's got a god gifted talent. Of, of strength you know some you can't i mean no matter how hard you train it's one of those things is you got it or you don't right very true uh, yeah i was thinking of another word but i can't use that because it's not right so i'll call it deep dd strength <laughs> who who was reyes's last fight does anybody know uh, osp right i believe it was oh, osp oh. Uh, uh, yeah I guess I would take Ozzy. I think it's a I think it's a coin flip altogether. But um, I'm just looking up the word caveat right now on Google. So. <laughs> how about a segue? See, this is how it starts. <laughs> I'm too fat to write a segue. They always the word of this show, caveat. <laughs> oh, but yeah. with that being Meter wrapped up, up, real quick, Meter. He's going to put in the title, listen to a Pike caveats next. Like <laughs> <laughs> A caveat to my last podcast. <laughs> but from there, that will bring us to the next fight that I want to talk about on this weekend's upcoming card, the co-main event, which almost was, but then was again, but almost still didn't, wasn't, and then is. Take that. So we're talking about Leon Edwards versus Gunner Call On Me Nelson. Holy shit, folks. Now, if you want to talk about a great fucking week of press to get you excited for a fight, this is the one that has had the most eyeballs on it for any non-main event or for any non-main event fight that I've seen in quite some time now. Between Leon Edwards getting in front of every camera that he could, talking about how he has been calling out Darren Till, but Darren Till is dodging him, which, come on now. Aside from that, you got on the other side of it, Gunning Nelson's Call On Me video that the UFC reposted on their Instagram. 
that dude could not be any more relaxed going into this fight. He is having a great time training and getting ready for this fight. And he has every reason to because Leon Edwards has spent more time worried about crying about the fights that he wants versus the fights that he's getting than he has been training. And you see Gunny Nelson is almost always in the damn gym. And that dude's dangerous from everywhere to begin with. But now he's laser-focused again, and he's back on his fucking grind, and he's having fun with it again. And if you if you followed Gunny Nelson for any amount of time, he got really serious for a little while there. And when he got really serious, he wasn't really performing his best. He was more focused on the fight and on training, almost overtraining meticulously for the fight than he was actually being himself on being Gunny Nelson. And it seems like lately he's getting back to that old Gunny that we used to know. He's telling jokes. He's goofing around. He's relaxing. He's freestyling. He's, he's showing how fucking versatile he can be without having to lock himself into that this is the only game plan we can do thing that he did for a bit. Now, that's not to say Leon Edwards isn't dangerous because Leon Edwards has the potential to take this fight to anywhere. He can take it to the ground. He can stay standing. He can pressure you against the fence. Leon Edwards has a very well-established toolbox. But Gunny Nelson has just about the widest array of skill set of any active fighter in the UFC, in my opinion. On top of that, he is laser fucking focused on getting back to the top. And that call on me video that I can't stop fucking referencing enough shows you just exactly how loose he is mentally right now. He knows there's a fight coming up and he's still having a little bit of fun with his training camp to get himself there. I can't help but think that Gunny Nelson is coming in here with everything he should have done to get himself ready for it, checked off in the box. And I think he is on the road to getting back to top status here. I think that Gunny Nelson's going to come in. I feel like Leon Edwards is going to run himself out a little too much. I think Gunny comes away with this one, middle of the third. Okay. My, my big thing just, is, go ahead, RJ. I just wanted to say, you said that Edwards has a lot in a toolbox. Yes, sir. Now. I would like to say something real quick. Yes, the guy hasn't lost a fight since 2015. He's on a six-win tear right now. But look at the amount of fights that have gone to a decision or he has more fights of decisions over the years than more fights of knockout, PKO, or submission. Absolutely. So he can go the long mile, but that power he has... I'm kind of questionable about it because I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it put in an octagon and put it to somebody's face. My big thing is Leon Edwards is, is not in a place to call out Darren Till. All right. So yes, Darren Till did just get his ass whooped in a title fight where I believe his nerves may have gotten the best of him. You know, this guy's, this Darren Till's mind, he's the best in the world, and he's going to do everything he can to prove it. He want, like he said this in interviews, I want to be the best fighter ever. Right? That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. But Leon Edwards is not in a place to, because of the decisions over knockouts. Like you could go 10 in a row, but if you're getting decisions, bro, like you are in no place to negotiate who the fuck you're fighting. Yep. Right? I agree. Gunny, though, uh, who – 
I, I, I can't remember the, the name. I, rem- I remember talking to Meter on Instagram uh, during the fights and Gunny's last fight. Whose nose did he smash? Oh, who the fuck was it? Who the fuck was it? I remember we were talking about it. Now I can't fucking think of who it was. It, uh, besides the point, I'm, I, we can talk about that later. But Nelson is so well-rounded. Like you were saying, goes stand up, relax. You know, he has great striking. He has that uh, karate-style uh, flow in his fights. You know, uh, I just don't – same same but opposite of what I just said about Reyes. I don't see nothing in, in, about this fight where Gunny doesn't win in any – it's like uh, Avengers fighting Thanos is how I can reference this. You know, there's – 1,509 different ways that could happen, and only one of those fucking Leon Edwards could win. You know what I mean? Cowboy Oliveira. Cowboy Oliveira is the guy whose face he smashed the fuck open and then sprayed right. the octagon with his blood. That's who it was. All right. Yeah, I couldn't remember it to, to save my life. Yeah, it's but, Oliveira. He split his fucking face wide open and then choked him and literally sprayed fucking blood across the canvas. Yeah, that was a brutal, uh, brutal fucking way to lose. Yes. And then was. what happened to. Tangent, sorry guys, me and my fucking thesaurus today, if I can get it through the stutter. Cowboy Oliveira got hit by shrapnel from a fucking grenade in Brazil. Yep. You know, that's just crazy. Like, fuck, man, that makes you happy that you live in America sometimes. Yeah, but, no yeah, there's, there, there's no way in my mind that Nelson doesn't come out with this fucking with his hand raised. Yep. You guys knocked that out of the park. Uh, he definitely, dude, who the fuck are you trying to call out? Who? Till really? You're, you're lackluster at best. You're like that dirty penny somebody leaves on the fucking sidewalk because you're not shining at all. You might even be a dirty fucking 50 cent piece. And I'm not going to pick it up because you're fucking filthy. You don't show any shine or any reason to pick you up. No reason. It's no wonder you're not going to get Till anytime soon. In fact, you'll probably not get a fight Till ever in your career because at the rate you're going, you're not going to be worthy enough to fight him. Even when Till is on his downslope at the end of his fucking career. Maybe then they'll throw you a piece of meat. And that'll be like fucking 10 years from now. Good luck, dude. <laughs> what just crossed my mind is, is Edwards is uh, from England, right? Yes, sir. That's one of the reasons he's been trying to call Till out is because he says it's the true greatest English mixed martial arts combat. And, you know, because Paul Daly versus fucking MVP was just snow potatoes, right? Yeah, that, that, that was stupid. Uh if if Edwards really had wanted to fight fucking Till, wouldn't they have fought on a smaller circuit already? You'd think, right? Seeing as how they both not, came not, up. I, I think he's area. just trying to to get paid, you know, fight a name. Everybody knows who Darren Till is, you know. Dude's not even a champion, and there's so many people who know who Darren Till. Is. Yep. All right, guys, it's time to go. I love you guys. See you later. Much love, brother. Thanks for coming in. Okay. So, with that being said, 
that will bring us to our meat and potatoes of the evening. The main event. Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal. Number three versus number 11. Now, granted, the numbers next to these names don't mean quite as much as you, as you would think here. The numbers next to these names are, are really more of, I would say, just an identifier at this point. But the thing that matters the most about this matchup, in my opinion, is that Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal have basically verbally agreed this isn't going to be a wrestling match. This isn't going to be a jiu-jitsu match. This isn't going to be a grappling match. This is going to be a stand in the center of the fucking octagon and box it out match. This is going to be a slugger's war. And it's not that we haven't had enough of those, and it's not that we haven't had big ones, but this one is one of the most polite slugger's wars that we've had built up in quite some time now. There's absolutely zero animosity between these two gentlemen. They've shooken hands. They've stood next to each other and done simultaneous interviews. There's no hostility. There's no aggression. There's no animosity between these two gentlemen whatsoever. They both come to the table knowing that they are strikers who are here to put on a fucking show and do what they do best, and that's exactly what both of them intend to do. And this has some fucking ground-shaking potential to be a hell of a rock'em sock'em robot match. The thing that you have to remember here is that Darren Till has only lost one time since 2015, and that was to Tyron fucking Woodley while he was in the prime of his status as champion. Masvidal on the other side hasn't lost at all since 2015. Period to anyone so both of them are on a decent tear with till just having a little bump in the road just behind him in his last match but at the same time he's talked about that bump in the road and how much it's gotten under his skin and how much it's made him train more and evolve his style to compensate for all the holes that he's shown and to work that much harder because like we said he says himself he wants to be the best ever. And he understands and acknowledges that part of doing that is constantly evolving your game and always working to get better. And he's been doing that. He looks great right now. He's done a couple of different press circuits this week. He looks like he is in fucking fantastic shape. His weight, he says, is clearly on point. He's had one of the easiest cuts so far. He's changed up his whole routine. Everything is real smooth, he says now. And then you got Masvidal on the other side, who's coming in looking like a used Carl salesman from Tampa. Hair down, flowing all over the place, nice floral fucking button-up Hawaiian shirt on, flip-flops with his fucking cargo shorts, and not a fuck to be given. These dudes are not here to hype it up McGregor style. They are not here to make you think that they fucking hate each other. They're not going to do a shoving match during the fucking face-off. These two dudes are coming in here because they are both bangers and they're ready to stand and fucking bang one against the other. And it's going to be a great fucking fight, in my opinion. The problem is, is that these guys are so fucking close to the same level. Their styles are so fucking similar. It's almost impossible, in my opinion, to pick a clear winner. This isn't one of those lopsided fights where styles are going to determine who beats who here. 
these are two dudes who are very similar. They're very close to the same size. They're very close to the same style. They've got real similar fucking reaches. They both got serious knockout power. They both have a hell of a fucking chin. What it's going to come down to is who can get off first and who can get off most, in my opinion, because both of them have quick short games. They both have good long games. So in my opinion, the determining factor here is going to be who can set the pace and who can force the pace, who can get off first, who can get off the most, who can make it count more than the other. In my opinion, I'm calling it Darren Till wins in London. And I don't think it's just because he's in London, but I think that just like with the Wonder Boy fight in his hometown of Liverpool, I think the fact that he's going to be in London, in England, in his home country, is going to give him just a little bit more oomph behind the fire that you can clearly see he has already gotten his fucking eyes. I think Darren Till takes this one. What do you guys think? I think um, I think Masvidal better hope it doesn't go to decision because he's not good with decisions. I think Till's a better point fighter. Um, I don't care who wins. I just want to see what happens. I am, I'm a little skeptical of how good Till is. I think he's the best self-promoter I've ever seen. I really enjoy him. I hope he's really good, but I'm a little skeptical of how good is he. Uh, I just, I want to say, I just want to see this. I, I hope he's as good as people think they are because I think it would be exciting if he was. But, um, yeah, I, I do want to see this fight. I just want to see the next Till fight for sure. <laughs> and um, I think Masvidal is a good fight. I think it's, it's going to be rough for him because Masvidal also has a good gas tank. And with that weight cut, he might be doing good. But fourth, mm-hmm. fifth round, who knows what might happen. But yeah, if it goes to cards, it's going to be rough for Masvidal. Uh, one thing I was thinking, I guess we can wait until after this. It has to do with this fight, though. The whole – the whole uh, Ben Askren talk about Usman, it, it gets on my nerves because of, of guys out there like Till that deserve. And um, there's a bunch of guys that deserve it before Ben Askren, but I'll, we can talk about that later. <laughs> I just think there's so many other guys that deserve it before him. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm going to throw some MMA math your way here. Um, both of these guys have both dispatched Donald Cowboy Cerrone. And both done it in a dominant fashion. Yes, they have. I, and I love Cerrone, so that's tough to say that. But they both fought Wonder Boy as well. Only one of them has beaten Wonder Boy, though. That's right. That is Darren Till. So if we're looking at MMA math, because of how close they're fucking matched up and their striking abilities... You have to give the edge to Darren Till. However, we know MMA math doesn't work. True. Jorge Masvidal is nobody to fucking sleep on by any means. Darren Till is obviously not either. If you and I think the was it Jorge Masvidal also I think he dis did he beat Damian Maya or lose to Damian Maya? I can't remember. But neither one of them have had easy opponents. Yeah. Lost in decision. Oh, uh, the, yeah, yeah. Neither one of them have had easy opponents to fight against in their last three or four fights. So it's not like they're fucking chumps that have just got thrown up there into the high rankings. Till obviously did not because he went through some really tough opponents to get where he is. Yes, he did. He earned his way there. Masvidal, those couple of losses he's had, though, 
um, to both Maya there and then fucking to Wonder Boy. I, I gotta say, I, earlier before we started the show, I did say, you know, it could be kind of a toss up and the rankings really didn't matter in this one. I think the rankings are pretty right on the more that I think about it. And I'm not saying that Masvidal should be ranked 11, because to be honest, I think he should be a little bit higher. I think he's a better fighter than what they're giving him credit for. But you also have to prove that by winning fights. Losing fights does not get you a higher number. It's just the way the game works. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I really hope Darren Till wins this fight. And not because I don't want to see Masvidal win. I love watching Masvidal. He's a fantastic fighter. But this is the reason. Because it gives me somebody from London, I will, or somebody from fucking England, I will actually like and root for. And hopefully, he can be the best. He can be a champion. So that way I can say there is at least one champion that's come out of fucking England that I like. That isn't a cocksucker. A Bisbing of the nature, I'll say. Uh, because, to be honest, Bisbing's an asshole. I love that about him, but he's a fucking <laughs> asshole. It, Darren Till, he's not that asshole. He seems like, for the most part, he's a pretty genuinely nice guy for the most part from when you're seeing him do interviews and all of that. If you watched all the Bisping shit, he was a cocksucker all the time. It didn't matter whose dick was in front of him. He was open up and blowing. So, I'm just saying, I would love to see fucking Till win, purely on that fact of, I want to see him get another shot at the title. And I think if he does um, dispatch Masvidal in a dominant fashion, he will get another run at it. And Usman's right up on his fucking plate. And to be honest, I think he can beat Usman. I, I agree. I agree very much. I think if I think the style eyes matchup between him and Woodley was not good for him. But I think if you look at – what Usman's good at, not what he displayed against Woodley, because that was more of a show-off than an actual show of his talent. But if you watch Usman's fights and you look at the way that he tends to go at a very long, sprawled-out approach against a guy like Till who knows how to use his reach and he's such a great fucking point fighter, I think that goes real bad for Usman if those two get to tangle. That's it. And Till still has fucking knockout capability, even though he's a fantastic yes, point fighter. I mean, this, in all theory, this fight can go either fucking way, and I can see it going either way. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, by all means, I, I'm calling Till, but I would not be surprised or upset in any way, shape, or form if it went the whole other way and I was completely wrong and Masvidal did everything that we're expecting Till to do. To, to be honest, I think it's going to end up being a fucking – it's going to be a fucking barn burner of a war. I agree. Masvidal has just as good a fucking chance to win this as Till. I, I'm going to say Till purely on MMA math. And I know that's the wrong fucking call when you do this shit. Uh, so what will probably happen because of MMA math is Till will end up losing. However, I'm going to go with the MMA math on this one and say Till. So my, 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 my only thing of like over the last couple of days of like researching and trying to like get like an idea together. When was Masvidal's last fight? 2016. Late 2016. I believe it was. I believe it was the end of 2016. I thought he thought he fought in 2017. I think it was 17. Yeah. It was. I got the very, the, I got, I have it down in some notes. The last fight that I could find from him was November of 17. 
Yeah, that was the Wonder Boy Thompson fight. No, I think it might have been. Man, it might have been. I think he fought Damian Maya after Wonder Boy. I'm not sure. No, he fought Maya before because I guess he fought twice. Yeah. 2017. Because he had to go up the ladder, right? Yeah, I'm looking at it here. His last fight was against Wonder Boy, November 4th, 2017. Wow. Uh, how, so, how do you go a year and no fights and end up on a main card? Because he's Jorge fucking Masvidal. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I, I get that, but... I, I think mean, people I, really I, don't I, want to fight, too. <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah. If you're going to ask that question, you go, how the fuck did John Jones get it? Because he was off for over a year. It's not yeah. a matter yeah. of that. You know yeah. the guy's going to go in there and perform. That's why he's getting the fucking fight. Yeah. Because he's never yeah. been a slasher. I love, I love, I love Mustard style. I love his attitude. I love how, how he performs. But that was just that was just something that like popped in my head when I was when I was like making notes and everything. Was if he like like the possibility of wing rust came came up in my mind because he hasn't fought for a year plus. But then again, again, like you like you just said, uh, John Jones. So the ring rust is there, but it might not be an, an effect. Like it, that just that just that just screwed me up. Is it is it a, a thing that nobody wants to fight till, or is it just a thing that you know, like he hasn't had a fight in a while and he's hungry, and this might be a good a good match? Like I'm looking at it as the as a as a person just standing on the outside looking in. I was just I was thinking about it. You're right. I can I can see that from that side of it. On the other side of it, I think a year off, is there something that we missed that possibly he had a minor injury he was dealing with that wasn't major enough to make the news or anything, but one of those nagging things where you don't want to take a fight because you know you'll really fuck something up. We don't know that. It hasn't been on the news. So there could be that kind of possibility. I don't think that it necessarily is, or maybe it's just he he didn't have the fight he was looking for. Because you know what? A lot of those fighters, they will turn down fights if it's not good for their career, especially once you're up into the ranked opponents area. You have to look at what's best for your career, and if it means turning down a couple, that could be it. I don't think he's that kind of fighter. Yeah, that's good for my number. And, I mean, definitely this is good, good for my number. number. What will push me up? What will push me up? What will keep me stagnant? Mm. I know Masvidal was doing like soul search in the last like year or so, so I'm kind of excited to see what he does because he does seem he seems a little different. He does. I guess it's like the Jesus hair and stuff. I don't know, but um, <laughs> it is it is weird because you would think it, it seemed as though Till and Gunnar Nelson were down to fight each other. So it seems like the better matchups would have been Gunnar Nelson versus Till and Leon Edwards versus Masvidal. That that seems like that would have been uh, better matchups. I don't know. It, I think rankings that makes sense. Isn't Gunnar so. Nelson above above uh, Masvidal? So it seems it seems weird that it didn't go that way. On in England, with with the main with the main fight, maybe it's the matchmakers thinking maybe Till's going to have an easy time with this one. They are in England, so they do want their home team to win there. Because that puts more fucking asses in the seats the next time they go. 
True. Yeah. I mean, but isn't Gunnar Nelson more English than Till? No. No. Gunny is no. uh, Dutch, I think. Dutch or Swedish. And yeah. Till is from yeah. Liverpool. They just pay, they just give till them them uh, UK fights though, don't they? They they oh, really yeah. feed them to him. He got Liverpool, this, and I believe another one too. I believe he 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 also fought in the UK in another uh, UFC. Yeah, I think fight. I think he was on the Birmingham card uh, year before last as well. I think so. I think you're right. Uh, and actually, Nelson is from fucking Iceland. That's what it is. Hmm. Iceland. I knew he was one of the Norwegian areas. Probably from like fucking Reykjavik or something. Right? Out there in the middle of the fucking nowhere. You gotta be tough to fucking live in that kind of place. Yeah, no shit. But that being said, that's gonna conclude our breakdown for this weekend's UFC London card. And I do have one more little thing that I did want to talk about this evening, just because is as interesting as some of these fights on the London card are going to be. I don't think it has as much of a pop as, as some other cards that we've talked about recently. So I did want to give the fans one more little thing here off the top that I want to talk about. And this actually came from uh, uh, something that we were talking about a little bit earlier with, uh, with Nick. I want to go around real quick, straight off the top of your head, no research prepared. Each one of you gentlemen, your favorite fighter, Ever and why? Damn, only one oh, so I this question earlier. So yep. favorite fighter ever. If I had to pick just just one, I probably would have to go with Robbie Lawler because he has the two titles. He had two titles, right? Yeah, he has two. T- I don't think he definitely has the UFC, and then he had something somewhere I think he else. Had WEC or Strikeforce, one of the two. Yeah, I don't. Th- yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it was Strikeforce, but it was definitely two. Because when I was researching uh, him and um, and Ben Askren, they both had two titles, and um, so him just his grit, the, his attitude. I like how he handles um, the press, and even though they might not like it, but I like how he does it. And yeah, just his his grit. That like hit, my favorite fight of all time is him and um, him and Roy McDonald. So Fuck probably yeah. probably him. That's just yeah. Damn good. Uh, Style Bender's getting up there though for a, for a Fuck yeah he's getting up for a newer guy. Yeah, just, I agree with that as well. I, I'm gonna go right off the top of my head. Old school fighter. Yes, we've seen him recently, but. He's well past his prime. BJ, the prodigy pen. He was the first person to ever hold titles in two different weight classes. That's true. He That's very fucking, true. He did a lot of things back in the day that most people didn't think were fucking possible. He used jujitsu and his boxing to fucking just annihilate a lot of opponents. And when he was in his prime, there was no stopping him. Yeah, I watch him now. I'll watch him, and I'm going to root for him because I love the guy, but I know he's not going to win. Well, and not to mention, he's one of the only people in the history of MMA, not just UFC. He's one of the only people in the history of MMA to literally compete in every weight class from 145 to fucking heavyweight at 263. 
he literally fought all the way from 45 to 263 and everywhere in between. Nobody else has ever done that. Dude's a fucking animal. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, to be honest, that last fight he was in, I was really hoping that he didn't take another fight. I, I, the dude's got to have plenty of money at this point. I'm, he, I'm sure he hasn't laundered away. He's got enough fucking bull everywhere to still pull fucking ads for TV and shit like that if he wanted. Right. He, I'm just saying, overall, from all fighters, it, if we're going that route, I'm going to say back to BJ Penn. Go back a little bit old school, like early fucking mid-2000s when he, he, was, he was the pinnacle of the sport at one point. He was their go-to guy. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, although, you know what? I, I can't even say it was just him. That had the Matt Hughes era coming in, and Matt's, even Matt Sarah was in there for a while, coming off the Ultimate Fighter and fucking taking the belt from Hughes. That was fucking crazy. Yep. <laughs> and so, I mean, that whole era of fighters right there, those are really the ones that I, I've watched fucking since UFC 1. So I remember when that came out, my parents fucking went and they fucking ordered the first fucking pay-per-view ever. I remember watching Gracie choke people out with the gi and going, the fuck is he doing? Why is that guy fucking banging on the ground? I had no clue. Fucking watched him all the way through, but there was that golden era, like in the mid to early two thousands. That's that was for me. That was the golden era of the sport. Don't get me wrong. I love what's going on now because of how far it's come. But those guys then they they were the fucking idols for the sport. They're the ones who made it get to this level. Absolutely. So, have to say BJ Penn. All right. Absolutely. I can absolutely take my fucking hat off for the flying Hawaiian. That dude was a bad motherfucker, man. Mine is going to be um, slightly biased. Uh, I don't know if y'all are going to remember him, but Kyle Wilkinson. Uh been a few years because he left uh, in the well, left the UFC, uh, and I say he's my all-time favorite because he's my brother. Um, oh shit! So I'm slightly I'm slightly biased. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Understandable. So slightly biased. Going going with the. Uh... The, the same venue that, that TJ went with here, um, straight off the top of my head, and I actually thought about this earlier because uh, this question came up on Nick's live stream earlier, and which is why I wanted to bring it here. Um, I actually thought about it a little bit earlier when they said it, and I couldn't settle on one fighter when they were talking about it earlier. And then when I wrote it down to bring back up at the end of the show here, like a fucking lightning bolt out of the blue, it hit me, and and I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier, but I I'm going with it now, and it's it's along the same vein that TJ went with one of an old school fighters. A lot of the the new casual fans may not even know who he is, but without a doubt, my favorite fighter of all time is Tank Abbott. That dude was the fucking embodiment of I am 
tougher than you, and I will fucking show you. He came say into it. every – what's say that? Say it again. I'm sorry. You skipped. Say, say oh, who it is. Awesome. Sorry. My favorite fighter is Tank Abbott. <laughs> that dude was the fucking embodiment of tough motherfucker. It was before there was as much uh, true MMA – in the sport it was really back then it was more of a puncher versus a puncher a wrestler versus a wrestler jujitsu guy versus jujitsu guy it wasn't as well rounded back then and tank abbott was one of those dudes who would come into any match whether he was fighting a jujitsu guy or he was fighting another boxer and he would walk in with his fucking hands at his waist his big ass goatee hanging down and he would fucking stare through your soul and then put his fist through your goddamn head and you had to knock him the fuck out because if he touched you at any point in a fight, he would put you into a fucking coma. And there was never a back down <laughs> from him. He either knocked you the fuck out or you would put him to sleep. There was no half ass in it. He came into the cage and he put his foot to the fucking floor and he held it there till the motor blew or till he crossed the finish line. Nowhere in between. <laughs> that dude is one of the main reasons that I got into MMA because I saw his early back in the, like, mid 90s early 90s i saw his backyard brawl videos back when kimbo and mosvidal and those guys were still making the backyard brawl videos down in florida tank abbott started showing up because it was usually these big fucking black dudes or these big fucking mexican dudes on all these fucking backyard brawls before there was world star hip-hop and then you see this fucking beer gut rocking bald fucking white guy come out of nowhere and just start fucking leveling everybody that he puts his fucking hands on and it was unbelievable and then he got his way into fucking legitimate mma and you know he started showing and he could really fucking hurt people and then you know the game started evolving and he couldn't keep up with the fucking jujitsu guys and his gas tank started fading because he's getting older but god damn if he didn't make a fucking crater in the mma world when that son of a bitch came into play and it's really part of the reason I love fucking MMA so much is because dudes like that came out of the fucking woodwork and were like, oh, you want to see what tough looks like? Let me fucking show you. You know, I can tip my hat to him as well because he was the first one where you looked at him and went, the fuck is that guy doing there the first time you see him? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you look at him and be like, oh, come on, this is a joke. This guy snuck into the ring. The, Get him out of here. He was the epitome of fat guys can fight. Fuck yes, he <laughs> was. Beer gut and all. No fucks <laughs> given. Like, he paved the way for big boys. Uh, there would be no Roy Nelsons in fucking MMA if it wasn't for Tank Abbott. God you wouldn't right. see um, fucking all Junior Albini's and fucking... Mark Hunt's. No Mark Hunt's. You wouldn't see right. that. It, Mark Hunt is like the reincarnation of a better version of Tank Abbott. Yeah, he's a Samoan tank Abbott. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. No Derek Lewis's. <laughs> yeah, no you, shit. You wouldn't see those fighters if it wasn't for him going in there and wrecking people. And they went, oh, I guess even people that are out of shape can beat people's asses or look like they're out of shape can beat people's asses. It's not that he was out of shape. He was in his kind of shape. Yep. Albeit round, it fucking worked. That's all he needed. He knew how to... He knew how to use that gas tank for his sex drive to lean into a fucking punch and KO people. Fuck and yeah, that dude put all his body into it and he would send you in a fucking orbit. Fucking glorious to watch. Especially when he when they before they were fucking wearing gloves and 
he's out there just doing it barefisted, just fucking. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, good times, good times all around. I think that that was a great little topic to to round us out here. So that's the show for this evening. I want to take a second here. I want to thank all of you gentlemen for coming out, for for giving your piece, for for spending your time here with me talking some shit. Special thanks to Alan who had to dip out on us early. We appreciate him popping in. It's been a minute since he's been around and glad to see him back and doing well. So we'll run down the line here real quick. If the people want to continue the shit talking and get a little deeper into the MMA with you, RJ, where are they going to be able to find you? Uh, Instagram, RJ underscore underscore vapes. Hit me up there any time of the day. Uh, because apparently I can stay up until five o'clock in the morning bullshitting with meter on zoom. So, uh, shoot me a DM, hit me up, talk some shit. Hell yeah. Thank you very much for coming, brother. Appreciate that. So if the folks want to check out some, Oh, I don't know, maybe coil building tutorials, maybe learn a bit about, uh, the history of a guy walking around fish town, where are they going to find you, Nick Devine? (laughs) N.Divine83 on Instagram and YouTube, mostly YouTube. And, yeah, if you want to talk in the MMA and you're in a chat or just drop a question or anything so I know you're there because I'd like to get more into it So um, and find out who's who's watching MMA, who's a fan, and stuff like that. But thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Even when the cards aren't the biggest, best cards ever, it's still a lot of fun to do these. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on, man. Always appreciate your time, sir. Now, if somebody is dumb enough to think that the Bears are going to beat the Packers or that they know more about MMA than the average fuck, where are they going to be able to get a hold of you, TJ? If they have something stupid to say like that, they can go fuck themselves to start with. (laughs) But uh, they can find me on Wednesday nights, 930 Central. Golf T Vapes on YouTube. Find me on the Instagrizzles. Hit me up wherever you feel like talking shit and getting your asshole cleaned out because I will do it for you. <laughs> Thank you again very much for coming, brother. I always appreciate having you alongside me for these. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have got for this episode. If we have managed to hold your fucking attention, yeah, see, and I can't even words. If we have managed to hold your attention, for this long through all of our shenanigans, please consider giving us a thumbs up, maybe even a subscribe. If we tickled your fancy enough, by God, give us a fucking share. We're trying to grow this damn thing. On the other side of that coin, if you think we're just a couple of fucking morons sitting around talking out our asses to a couple of webcams, give us a thumbs down. We fucking earned it, and I don't blame you. You don't have to come back. But that's all we've got for this evening. So we're going to wrap this up. Remember, folks, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. Have a great night, everybody. Are our podcast host, watch me talk funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can word sometime, Tim. That's a caveat. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with expert timing. Funky China men from Funky Chinatown. They were chopping them up. They were chopping them down.